Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Australia, oh, man, there's no way to sugarcoat this. Um, you know, I'm sure the boys didn't mean to play like this. I'm sure they didn't intend to play like this. But unfortunately, uh, all 17 of them let the jumper down. It was a, you know, huge fan of all the boys. And as I said, I'm sure they didn't mean to it. And I'm sure there are, you know, 17 or 20 blokes right now that are absolutely stinging with what happened. But extremely disappointing and unfortunately they've let the jumper down and they've let down the blokes that come before them because that was um, very un-Australian. You know, that's that's not what the Australian jersey that we've been used to watching. Um, and we know that the roster that played on the weekend, we know they're better than that. Um, so really disappointing. And the biggest concern, I don't have an issue with losing to Kiwis. Like, this is a great squad. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no issue. The, the, I guess the concern I have and... I don't know for this to be true. I've got no inside information. But it seemed to me like they didn't prepare well. It seems to me like they didn't take the game as seriously as it probably should have been taken. They didn't play with any intensity, even compared to the week before. Um, they just had no intensity. And it was like, I understand that you know it's a long year and everyone's really tired, but it's a long year for the Kiwis too. Uh, really, really disappointing. Really disappointing. Now, I don't think it's panic stations and I don't think heads need to roll or anything like that. But it's, I think that it's disappointing the way everyone performed. I don't think there's a single person that wouldn't be disappointed right now that played. But you have to look at the senior players and say, why did we roll out that kind of performance? That's what's concerning to me is we've got senior players in that team that if they had have been noticing some things in preparation where boys weren't taken as serious as they should have, they should have pulled it up. Um, really, I, there's no other words to describe it. Extremely disappointing, and there's, there's really there's no silver lining here. There's no oh, but this happened, that happened. It was a really poor performance, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you're summing up well there, Kempi. And for me, you know, growing up and watching these great Kangaroos sides, getting beat thirty nil, it's not an option. Mm. It's not possible for that to happen to the Kangaroos. Uh, and you know, with Smithy. 
Thurston, Slater, like these sort of legends, it just never would happen. They wouldn't allow it. In camp, in preparation, they'd, no. real, they'd identify what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's been like that since the jersey was first ever put on. Mm. Uh, this is, for me, by far and away the lowest point in the Kangaroos' history. And, yes, you're right, mate, beaten by a very good side, and it's not taking anything away from the Kiwis, but just the standard that the Kangaroos have held for so long and what the jersey stands for, this was a disgrace. They they looked tight and lethargic, and you know like I like I I look at the zero and that hurts. But if you get beat six nil in a grind off, mm, yeah, <coughs> okay, mm. mate, thirty nil, yeah, fourteen nil. Like okay, yeah, Kiwis had the best performance ever. Thirty nil in an Australian jersey. Oh, it's just it's as I said, I know the boys didn't mean to do this, and so there's there's no you know, it's, it isn't personally having a go at them as a person. But 30 nil in Australian jersey, it's like, mate, we have to be better than that. I'm just trying to get my head around how the turnaround from the week before, mm. such a dominant performance. You spoke about how good they were. and just So the, intense as well. The class that kind of, mm. yeah, just it was a bit of a grind and they just blew them away at the end. And mm. we kind of spoke about how that difference in class is there. But then this week, you, you turn around and roll out on paper an even better team. And it wasn't exactly like a Coliseum-like atmosphere at Waikato. Yeah. It was lucky it was, if it was half full. And they just seemed like they were a little bit intimidated or just the intensity wasn't there at all. I don't, I don't know how – how do you get such a drop-off from yeah. the week before when on paper it should have been has to an be even more dominant um, team? Yeah. yeah, it has to be preparation, surely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did they do too much fitness? Did they train too hard? Or were they taking the piss, not training that hard at all? Did they think it was one of the, you know, old-school tours where you can just go in and enjoy I, – I don't know, but, yeah, I think there's going to be some really – just absolutely devastated players in that that are going to want one back. And sometimes in rugby league, you run out and you get punched in the face, and that happens from time to time. We just kept taking punches. Yeah, I didn't see any reaction as Nothing well. Nothing at all. Like the boys, like the, the Kiwi boys came out, and their line speed was unbelievable. We just didn't adapt in any way, shape, or form, and we didn't respond with line speed. Like I didn't watch, I didn't watch the Australian side in defence. It didn't seem like as a team we were trying to. Okay, you want to you want to shoot out a line hit us? We'll fucking hit you yeah. too. I didn't really see that. I, you know, as we we're all massive fans of the boys, but the jersey deserved better than that. Yeah, no, like it's hard not to say that the Kangaroos weren't complacent. A, a pretty. I won't, it's, it was a pretty flawless preparation coming into the final. Not necessarily that we looked flawless, but results-wise, we cruised in pretty easily. <coughs> and look like we, by the way they came out in that game, they thought they were going to cruise through the final as well. And, you know, it's one of the oldest cliches in the book, but the Kiwis looked like they wanted it a hell of a lot more. And Way you said by, by the second they came out, the intensity they had, and they were running harder, they were tackling harder. But the sign of that will to win and wanting more, to me, was evident in just... Every time a little thing went against a Kiwi player, he's pushed or something happened, the Kiwi boys were in and they were fired up and they were there and they started little rows and they just wanted blood. Mm. And the Australians didn't have that same intensity at any moment of that game. I honestly, even when we were 20 nil down, I was going, yeah, momentum, we're not going to win the game, but momentum's going to swing and we're going to score two or three tries because the boys are going to look across from each other, get pissed off, and then they're going to start play footy. And then on Monday, what we're all going to be talking about, oh, the boys woke up around the 60-minute mark. And look, you get beaten. They blew us off the park early. What shocks me the most is there wasn't a single minute where I was like, okay, the boys are angry now. Like, I was waiting for the boys are angry now. 
didn't it just didn't happen. No, I, I think Hammy made a really good point as well. That like when, when they ran out and I saw the crowd, I sort of thought, geez, this is going to hurt the Kiwis here. Mm. This place should be pumping. This is a final. I thought this is and the intensity they managed to get themselves to without a full stadium, without all the. It, it seemed like it was an asylum in there at the start mm. of the game, but the intensity they went with, I, I, it blew me away. Mm. I um. Yeah, the the only player that comes out of it with greater credentials is Cameron Murray, who we've who we've <laughs> sp- seriously like who we've spoken about in the past. Campy, you bring it up quite often, like the Origin record with and without him and injuries that he's had either early on in Origin games or missing games and the record around that. You add this great campaign by the Kangaroos up to this point, and he's laid out. We get done thirty nil. I'm not saying Cameron Murray changes this result, but pretty damning. I tell you, look. I tell you what I know for sure is he, he would have gone out and ripped and teared. Mm. You know, he would have been in the middle there trying to fight for quick play of the balls. And, you know, he he's such a nice bloke. He's the last person that would ever want attention pointed to him. But if you ever needed more evidence of how good this guy yeah. is and how much he brings to a footy side, just look on the weekend. We may, we may not have won. We pro- Not may. We You know, we probably wouldn't have won. I don't think we get held to nil, though. And I think that... The energy that he brings every match, every match, it would have rubbed off on a few of the boys and then they would have ticked into gear and maybe, you know, got some points. Uh, but, yeah, there's, as I said, there's no other way to say it. It just was not up to Australian standard. It was, it was honestly, it was bizarre watching it. Like, I, I felt strange watching an Australian jersey, a, a rugby league Australian jersey, especially when I know how... I know how competitive all these boys are. We know how great they all are. Mm. We spend the whole year, all we do is talk the boys up. We sit there going, all these boys, we go, incredible, this, that, and the next thing. And I, I just, I would love to get an insight into what the preparation was like because I reckon there's something that's gone awry there. Now, is it, is it they trained way too hard? Is it, um, you know, they didn't train enough? I, I don't know what it is, but you can't tell me the prep they prepared as well as they possibly could have and they came out like that. Maybe it was a mental side of things. Were they prepared well enough of, there's an ambush coming, boys. There's an ambush coming. Like, they just, it's almost like they were surprised. It's mm. like, boys, you, pretty much, you dominated the Kiwis with the second string, air quotation, Australia. You, you rest, like, we insulted them by resting people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't reckon you'll see many kangaroos <laughs> rested in the next few years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so how we couldn't be... Um, you could tell the Kiwis felt insulted that we were arresting players. How we weren't going to be aware that there's a battle. Uh, yeah, very, very. I'd love to know what the preparation was because it didn't seem right. Now, in regards to performances, um, look, we'll start with senior players because they hold the most uh, responsibility. You know, I've got to say our senior players were really poor, like surprisingly poor. Um, Teddy, I just... He clearly needs a rest or something. He needs some time off because I thought Teddy was quite um, – well, just nowhere near his best. Nowhere near his best. As captain of the country, when we needed someone to just get the boys up, unfortunately it didn't work. I thought DCE was shockingly quiet. Like, it's really surprising. Mm. I'd, I'd really jumped back on the DCE bandwagon at the very least for – you know, for Queensland, he's had a really good record. For Australia, it's a mixed record. But I was fully back on board – after watching how you know um, clinical he was in this game, but I I was just shocked at I guess I've seen a more intense DCE at club yeah. than I saw. I didn't see him barking <coughs> orders or um, Munster just has not been his year. Has not been his year. Like 
I'd, he's another guy. He needs a rest. It's been a long five, six years, but he needs some time off. He needs a good rest. A really good like, rest. Go home and have a nap because he <laughs> – again, it's – you know, I've sort of spoken a lot about him mm. um, over the last few months. I'm keen to get your boys taken. It's not a lack of effort. It never is with Cam Munster. No, it never will be. He's just not having the impact with ball in hand and missing tackles, like so out of character for yep. him. Um, as it's just been a long 12 months for a lot of these yeah. boys. And I think it sort of showed with him a little and bit. And I think with Cam as well, and even Teddy is like, you look at Teddy, Cam, and even DCE, they've been playing every game for like, mm. what, five, six years now? Yeah. And I think you're just seeing a lot of fatigue. Now, Munster's in a little bit of a different ballpark because he's a bit younger. But they just looked tired, like tired, flat, lethargic. But the key, the biggest error for me, so the biggest concern obviously was the intensity. Like mm. we just had no intensity. But our edge defence was below NRL standard. It was really poor. And I just, for the life of me, can't understand how such quality players can make such poor decisions on the edge when a week ago we were great. We held them on our line for so long. I... Is that, again, is that a lack of preparation? Is that not having your head in the game? Our edge defence was you know, shocking, to be honest, shocking. Just on something you said there about, about Cam Munster, and I, I think it is like a common opinion that he's not, you know, he's not in that, you know, older, mature sort of group. Like, Teddy's 30, he's 29, Cam Munster. Like he's, yeah, fair, fair point. Like he is getting on in his career. and you like know, 28, 27, 28. Well, so, so did I. Yeah. I. I just had a look at it then. And yeah, like it's, and he's had a big, big few years, but, like he, he was in the right place at the right time, which he had to put himself there in Origin One when Lindsay Collins jumped up and he scored that try. Outside of that, in a big game, like I don't think Cam Munster's really had one this year, which is oh yeah, he was the one that fended for that try for me. So oh fair game one, yeah, yeah so sorry, that's true. Yeah, okay. So if you take out that ten minute period, like finals, the other Origin games, yeah, he's been quiet. He's been like strangely quiet mm. for the guy that we know. Yeah. Is he still off the beers at the moment? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe he needs a slab of bloke. <laughs> or bloke mids. Bloke mids, if he's been responsible, just to loosen up a little bit over maybe, the season. Maybe. Get back into it. Do we think maybe, and this is very much speculative, but there are a lot of players playing out of position in this team, and particularly on the edges, and we talk about the defence looking quite clunky, quite disjointed. All of these players individually that I'll name here are absolutely fine to play out of position. However, when there's a lot of players playing out of position, has it made it a little bit hard? So Dylan Edwards, uh, I was a little bit critical of him being picked on the wing in the first place just because he has spent basically his entire career at fullback. Hammer at centre, again, he's tremendous there. But by and large, he's playing out of position. Val Holmes, you know he can play on the wing, but again, he spent his last mm. 12 months to two years at centre, essentially. You add in Ruben Cotter, who's a middle who played on the edge. Do we think maybe too much change for these players? Or yeah, potentially, for sure, mm. for sure. I mean, like, what's, like, Hamiso missed two tackles. Like, I know that sounds stupid, Unheard but, like, he does, yeah, he doesn't miss two tackles. Mm. Like, even a guy like Hamiso. Um, no, it's, it's a great shout. And, you know, you've, when you had Cam Murray there on the edge... He's just he has played a bit of edge, so he's got a bit of experience. Whereas Ruben Cotter, that only just started in Origin because we needed him there in game one after the the it head. It was a forced change. Yeah, it was a forced really, change. I mean, the way the team switched went, but it was a pretty forced change here as well. You look, I was I was very pro Edwards to get a shot on the wing. Um, the first game, I thought he played well, but he made one error. So I was like, in in by itself, you're like not a biggie. Second game comes out, makes another error, and I'm like, look. Still one of the best ball-running players on the field as an outside back. Third game, though, it's like, okay, 
unfortunately, I just don't think he should be playing uh, rep footy on the wing. Um, just just didn't seem comfortable. Mm. The, like, the, the errors that he made in this, this uh, Pacific Cup or whatever, so uncharacteristic, mm. and maybe that's just because he's not used to playing wing. So I don't think he had a Barry Crocker by any stretch at, at all, but I think that, you know... <clears throat> You can't say it was unfair to put him on the wing because I'm sure he wanted to wear that jersey. Um, and also, I think that, like, out of all the people that you can single out, like, he's definitely – like, there's way more senior players. We're talking about debutant. Like, mm. he's not the reason why they lost the game. But I do think that going forward, if he is going to come in, it has to be at fullback. I think that on the wing, um, it just he just didn't seem comfortable there for some reason. Uh, other guys – The reason The reason is that – when was the last time Dylan Edwards yeah. played on the wing? Exactly. He's exactly. played at fullback for as long as I can remember for Penrith. I don't remember the last time he played. And this wing. is coming from a guy I thought he would handle mm. the wing. And that's why I'm so surprised because, like, these errors weren't – like, they were catching the ball mm. and stuff like that. So it's like, at least for the first two games, I was like, they, he does have a fullback. Yeah, so, but even, even, like, you look at him uh, for the scrum play, I believe it was, the try they scored, and he, he just shoots off his line. And don't get me wrong, there was a little bit going on inside as well, so it was certainly not – only his fault, but just a bit of a misread. Drame Hughes, the classy player that he goes, thank you, lofts it over the top, bang. Just a bloke playing out of position. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I was pro it, so, you know, prob- we probably got that one wrong. I've got to say, Katoni Sag's defence, some of those reads that he made, it was just like... And he, and he does it sometimes at the Broncos, and you can... you can Because it's club, you can brush it under because he's had such a good year. Unfortunately, at rep level, you cannot make those mistakes. I, I thought those errors, even Valentine Holmes, like we're talking about one of the best rep players mm. of the last five to ten years. Some of his reads were just like, like what surprised me about these decisions? That they were unnecessary. Like the, the one that Brown lofted over uh, Holmes's yeah. head. If he just stays back, like okay, yeah, if they go through the hands, it's going to be cl- it's going to be close. But to to just jam in like that and basically give them the try, just. Very surprising with the edge defence. And I don't know whether that's a case of the system that they were using wasn't the right system or they just haven't played well enough together. But, yeah, really, really unfortunately, really poor, unfortunately. There was a decision, that, and, you know, so, say it's in hindsight or whatever, but we did have this conversation last week. I thought it was very strange when Cam Murray got ruled out. We brought Nico Hines onto the bench. Mm. I know it didn't, you know, decide the game or anything, but, like, looking back on it now, I'm just like, what was the thinking there? Well, I, I, we spoke about this off air. So I was, I was like, why bring him on at 13 in a game like this? If you're going to bring him on, you bring him on at, at thing. But I agree to with you. To put points on the board. Yeah, to put points on the you board. you got Jake Trevojevic in the extended squad. Are we, like, like I, if, if we decided to go with three forwards on our bench at the start of the week, we get to 24 hours yeah. before we lose one of those guys, so be it, it is what it is. We go, oh, let's chuck a halfback out. I, yeah. I, I, just, I, I wonder, again, purely speculative, was the plan all along Nico to come on and they just didn't want that hype around it for, for Nico. So, yes, Murray came out and he went in. I wonder, was he always coming in potentially? Yeah, no. was he always selected and Ken Murray was always not going to play maybe? Maybe. But I, I agree with you though. God, I hope Cause not. Because we, we all agreed that like having Hines on the bench, it's like, mate, you've got so many to choose from. <clears throat> big boppers against a big bop off, you know. And also, we're not lacking in attacking ability. Like, I'll tell you the other thing. When we chatted about it last week and you blokes turned me around on the Nico bench thing, what turned me was we, we went, all right, Cam Murray can cover the outside backs if there's injuries. When Cam went, yeah, we okay. didn't have anyone to cover that. So maybe, maybe that's why we need coverage in the back line if but someone surely, goes surely, like, they learnt their lesson from the Queensland New South Wales situation where we went, no, 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 we don't do that. Mm. We, we go Harry, Benny Hunt, forwards, and we just make it work. 
otherwise. Well, that's where, you know, I think potentially there was a bit of complacency, a bit of arrogance there. Mm. We've got our two best front rowers coming off a spell. I thought it was unfair to put him on at 13 there. Like, mate, he's just started playing seven. Well, I do, yeah, again, I know he came on with about 22 to go. He wasn't even a bloke I mentioned with. Grant was in the middle, but talking about playing out of position, that's the all-time playing out yeah. of position, Nico in at lock. In at lock, defending your line against those big boppers. I mean, it, it had that tough miss, but that miss was just all <laughs> lack of playing in the middle. He got up a pup in front of the line. He tried to get ahead to put contact onto Neem because guess what? He wasn't confident yeah. in the contact because he's not there all the time. And then he got stepped because he came up the line too much. Whereas if he'd played there a bit, he would know just to keep our line. Look, if I get beaten in the contact, the boys will be here because I'll keep my line. And, and I think in his limited time, maybe last week as well, when New Brown scored his try, was it Nico not getting off the line well or the contact wasn't great in the middle again? So it's, again, nothing we're speaking about off air, but, you know, Nico is so new to this defending in the line role. You know, spent a lot of time at fullback. But I do think he was probably flattered a little bit at the Sharks in that Moylan on the other edge, you know, had such defensive liabilities. Not just Moylan, there was Wilton and a few others there. That whole edge struggled. So attacks would all go at that Moylan edge. Nico's, like, got some genuine, as we've seen, defensive issues in his game, but the other edge at the Sharks was worse. So it sort of softened the blow, but he's, yeah. he does have a bit of a way to go. In his I, think, I think that I liked Nico getting a shot, and I think he killed it. I actually think they looked better in attack with him on the field in both games, in attack. And so that's why I'm like, if you're going to bring him on, you've got to make the tough call to take DC or Munster off. I know the media, the headlines or whatever, but you just have to. Because I actually think that, I mean, Munster even alluded to it. He said, because they were talking about Munster being sick, and Munster goes, bloody, Hines is so good. If I, if I don't play, you might take my spot. He played so So I just think it was unfair on Hines to go, and look, Hines would never say that. He wants to play for Australia. If you're going to put him on, though, put him in his position. Put him and, and again, maybe there's that bit of complacency where, you know, Queensland have had so much, so much success over the years with, you know, the the future sort of five, eight or half yeah, for their the team. They play him at 14 and they bring him on in the middle. You know, Cherry Evans did it. I think Cooper Cronk did it a little bit. They've done it and they've had success, you know, especially Mal Meninga, who was a bloke behind a lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he's gone, Nico can do it as well. Like maybe the Cronk and Ches as their exceptions – Damn hard thing to do. You can't just get a half. I can go, mate. Go and but play look at the, the, blokes the, you know, yeah, exactly. the blokes around him. Exactly. That's what I mean. And also, it's easy to choose a fourteen as a utility to give him a crack when you've got the best hooker of all time there, who's yeah. going to yeah. play eighty minutes and is going to give you nine out of ten for eighty minutes. And this is this is this is actually this sounds silly because we're like we're talking about a guy that come on with ten minutes to go. So this isn't actually about Hines. It's more about the decision making yeah. of the coach. That I'm we're not that critical of Nico. At all in that sense, I think he was again thrown to the wolves. That's, a little that's bit. right. Yeah. So just to be clear, just we're, like Origin. We're, yeah, we're talking dis- coaching decisions that we don't agree with um, because that just just didn't make sense because they were already twenty four nil down, um, and I think they'd missed 50, 40 tackles. Because that's the thing, they missed fifty tackles. Yeah. Fifty. These are the best defenders in the con- like. These are guys that hold like hold any team out. Um, so. Yeah, some of the coaching decision, I guess, we all agree that we wouldn't have had Hines there, we would have had a bigger body, but he decided to go with Hines. Um, even the starting of Ruben Cotter on an edge there, mm. a bit surprised with that because, okay, you've got, you've got Flegler. Like, okay, so let's say Murray is not a normal edge back rower. So basically you're going into this Pacific Cup with one normal back rower. 
That's also probably not good squad. That selection. was the squad from the get go. Like yeah. they always looked short and edge back rower. And because it's Australia, you sort of thought, all oh, right, we're good enough that maybe we can overcome that. But Clearly not. we've just been called out, yeah, haven't we? Called out. And we're talking to, again, like we're talking to guys like Ruben Cotter, Hines, like all these guys, we know how good they are. We're not talking about guys that don't have a dig. Like these guys are fucking absolute. Mm. Yeah. So some of the, the coaching decisions I don't think have worked that well. Um, yeah. Look, Teddy, I, I think he's in a, a bit of a tough spot. Now, maybe he just needs a break. Maybe he just needs a break. Uh, well, not maybe. He definitely needs a break. But I do think that this is the offseason. He's probably... Now, if he comes back and kills it again, we all know he's a champion. This is exactly... We all know that. But right now, I do think he needs to go away and just tweak his game slightly um, to fix his age. No, sorry, to suit his age. Sort your age out, Sort your age out, mate. To suit his age and where he is at physically. Because for so many years... One of the most consistent five years you'll ever see in the history of rugby league. Incredible. One of the greatest front fullbacks of all time. But he relied heavily on his physicality. And I just wonder if, because of his age, he can no longer rely so much. Like, Teddy used to be a pinball. You couldn't tackle mm. the bloke. And he just doesn't have that same strength anymore. Maybe it's tired. Maybe his injury. I do think in the offseason he needs to go away and just tweak his game a little bit to maybe be more of a ball-playing fullback. It's funny how their careers, you know, the way I'm looking at it now, Teddy, I agree with him. I think he needs to go away and change his game. And, you know, you say Teddy was a pinball. Anthony Minocello was the same. Yeah. Injuries forced him to change his game a little bit. And, like, you know, I'm I'm constantly talking about James Tedesco like he's 33, 34. Yeah. He's 30 years old. I know. He's got he might still have five years to go. And if he tra- if he transitions his, his game from being the pinball to being able to ball play, which I, I know I know he can do. I've seen him do it. Yeah. We, like, you know, from a uh, um, super coach point of view, we always talk about Daniel Tupu, how good he is. Because Teddy's always landing that pass to him. Mm. We haven't seen it in two years, though. Yeah, it, it's weird how quickly that ball playing fell off this year, yeah. wasn't it? And I think, again, another that pains me to say, but we may have seen Teddy play his last rep game. I think we've seen him play his, probably his last Kangaroos game. And that's large because he's got blokes like Caelan Pong and Reese Walsh knocking the door down. See, I mean, I'm pretty sure we were, well, I was on record. I would have gone mm. Reese Walsh or KP. Yeah, I think we, we all were from, yeah. Yeah, from, yeah. from the start of the tournament. So maybe he gets a chance as a Blues fullback, but he's got a lot to do to mm. get that spot again next year in the early stage of next season. And you're right, boys. I, I, I'm not putting a line through him as a top-tier fullback in the NRL. No, me neither. Me There's neither. plenty of good years left in him, but when he's got these superstars knocking the door down, you're spot on. He just needs to go back to the drawing board with his ball playing because his running game's fine. That'll look after itself. But he just needs to go back to square one, get his ball playing sorted. He's got Robbo there. He'll have good people around him. He's smart enough. He will, but yeah. Can I ask you, next time the Kangaroos play, I don't think James Tedesco will be there. Do we agree? Mm-hmm. I don't think Ches will be there. That's probably your captain and vice captain, isn't it? Mm. Is Cleary the next Absolutely. Kangaroos captain? Mate, yeah. Lock him in. I would have made him captain. This this if Cleary was playing, he would have been my captain. Yeah. And it would have been like and I would have um had Reese Walsh or KP at fullback. Um Yeah, Cleary's captain. And I'll say, mate, this is your team now. This is the new next generation. We're in a new era. It's a Cleary era. Go. Cleary captain. Murray slash Carrigan VCs. Yeah, probably Murray just because he's captain of club. Um, yeah, so like the thing, the thing is, is that all these boys, you know, even ones that we said haven't played that well, I mean, none of them really played well. The, the, the most surprising is we know how good they are. 
that's what's the shocking thing. It's almost like we, we know how great they can be. We know how good they are as players. I mean, they proved it last week. Like last week, their intensity was a totally different level to this, this week's intensity. Um, so as I said, I don't think it's panic stations. It just the perfect storm, the perfect storm, all of them just didn't play well. You know what I mean? It wasn't just a couple of them. It was just essentially the whole team. Our best player was probably Isaiah Yo, who just got through work. He just got through his work. Yeah, we, we, were, we were beaten to a pulp. And he still made 41 tackles and missed one. Miss, well, missed none. Miss, missed none, was it? Yeah, missed none. God, that's elite. I will say, though, I will say I still do believe that you need to either have Murray or Carrigan at 13 um, going forward. So for, for New South Wales, I would have uh, Murray at 13. Obviously, at the Rabbitohs, I would... So last week we talked about Murray on the edge. I don't think we were clear enough. So what, what, well, what I was saying was is that you start him at 13, then you move him out to the edge during the 80 minutes of play so that he's not in the washing machine the whole time. I don't mean that he should just go to the edge the whole mm. time. I don't think the Rabbits can afford it. But I, I do think Isaiah, although he got through a mountain of work, he's a great defender, I do think that it's probably time now for either Murray or Carrigan to be that 13 in the rep sides. It's interesting though, isn't it? Like if you got... Cleary at seven, I'm sure when the time comes, Isaiah is going to look very appealing again, mm. though. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, if they, it's, he's so good that I'm not sitting here going, mm. oh, what a terrible selection <laughs> at all. It's more just I think that that dyna- dynamic side of yeah. your Carrigan or Murray, it just might be a little bit extra. But once again, yeah, and I agree with you, but fuck, I reckon there's all likelihood that where, you know, Mal Meninga sits down to pick his kangaroos team at the end of next season, he goes, well, Cleary and Yo have just won their yeah. fourth premiership <laughs> yeah. in a row. Yeah. I'm going to go in a different direction, yeah. am I? You oh, know? for sure, for sure. And, it, and it, to be clear, would not be a bad decision at all. Like, it's neck and neck. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Harry, even Harry Grant, he had, like, one of his, you know, he looks tired as Benny Hunt wasn't anywhere near the Benny Hunt we know. The Harry Grant, I think he went from his best performance in a rap jersey to probably his worst. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. I've I've never actually seen Harry Grant look that uncomfortable. It was strange. I, I just everything was off of the boys. All of them, they just didn't look right. So I have a hundred percent faith that whatever the next tournament, what is the next tournament? Same thing next uh, year, yeah. probably. Yep. I, I'm backing the boys in a win and win well, as I- in. Not win well as in, like, by a long margin. 13 plus? Not saying that yet. <laughs> but I reckon Australia come back with a vengeance. I reckon it's going to be fucking hell for leather next time they put that jersey on. Because I reckon every single one of these boys are stinging even more than we are. Even more than we are. I've got 100% faith these boys will bounce back. I'm very keen to see what that team looks like. Mm. Like, you know, we obviously spoke about guys like Reese Walsh, KP. You know, if everyone's fully fit, Tommy Turbo, Latrell. The, the, like there's a, there's a lot of guys that to come back into the side. There's a lot of guys to put their hand back up. Do you, like, you know, we we we're talking about James Esco that we feel like he's older. He's only thirty. Ben Hunt is thirty three. Mm. Harry Grant probably didn't help his case to be an eighty minute nine in the game on the weekend. You spent Hunt there in a year. Do you reckon? Just I get, it would just depend on how he goes in the next twelve months. Depend on how he plays. Really, how his body's holding up. And then, you know, are you looking at a guy like a Reese Robson or you're putting KP at 14, Reese at one or vice versa and, you know, you can move him into nine if Harry Grant gets tired. Um, or do you go for that, you know, I, I think Timmy mentioned it previously off mic, do you go for that extra 13 that can play nine, Ruben Cotter potentially, yep. first 20 minutes, then bring Harry on maybe. be interesting to see which direction they go in. For sure, but... 
Bounce back. We all agree. Yeah. The boys are going to bounce back. Yeah, we'll bounce back. Boys bounce back. Yeah, well. We're in your corner, boys. We're in your corner. Uh, uh, just a quick one. Last week we spoke about the uh, Golden Boot and Hamiso probably looking good to yeah. to get that. <laughs> After what we saw on the weekend, obviously New Zealand win, the they take home the, the trophy. Anyone from New Zealand leap ahead of him, do you think, for the Golden Boot? Or probably Hammer still present a good case for it? No, I reckon you'd have to go someone like either Fish or Tarpanier. Yep. Yeah, I, I reckon, and yeah, I, I find this award, award so hard, so how they weird. work out, how yeah, they give weird. it, I've got no idea, but I reckon Fish coming off three premierships, whether they say it's part of the criteria or not, <laughs> it'll it'll play a role, yeah. I think. Mm. Uh, that's also without, you know, watching the English side too closely against Tonga and who's going well there and whatnot. But yeah, I, I reckon Fish would be hard to go past. Even Chance could be a sniff. In life. Could you imagine if Chance won it? Be hectic. There's been weirder ones. Timmy? Yeah, I mean, it's only the internationals, isn't it? I think so. So they Honestly, say. I don't yeah. fucking know. SR Martin had a few knows. good games at seven for Cook Island. <laughs> <laughs> Smokey, you reckon? Smokey. Yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, give it to, I said, probably give it to give it to Fisher Harris. He deserves the, the big mantle, yep. I reckon. And then, you I mean, you take in the Poms just put Tonga to the sword 3 0, so. It'll probably be a Pom that gets it because it's 3 0. Yeah. So someone could come into come mm. in the mix there. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, all right, before we get to the next one, next uh, topic, don't forget to grab a case of bloke beer, but also don't forget 50% off absolutely everything Thursday the 16th. That is next Thursday, not this one coming, next Thursday, 50% off everything, including brand new shirt designs, brand new singlet designs, not the old, even the design of the singlet is different. Really, really cool design, plus brand new jumpers, plus a bunch of other stuff. We've got DMP shirts, we've got bloke jerseys, 50% off absolutely everything next Thursday, 16th at 6 p.m. Make sure to be there. Once it's gone, it is gone. And you guys know we do not do sales often. We've only ever done one in the history of bloke. Uh, now. We're getting two minute noodles for dinner, Campy. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. We're kicking off during March Madness. Cal's Kentucky Wildcats are in the hunt. So throughout the tournament, I'm going to call up my friend to ask about his wins, losses, and especially what he's telling his players in the locker room. You got to win every day. 
Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.